Faith Over Breakfast. We had a really interesting podcast. Andy's here with me, and this is his last podcast for three weeks, so you're going to have some guest hosts, but we talked about money. Money. Yeah. And it it was kind of... I I actually thought it was fine. I just... Yeah. There's just certain topics that are uncomfortable. Yeah. And I've learned you don't like talking about war. Nope. Money. Nope. Pacifism. Nope. Yeah. Don't like talking about it. But you seem to have really great things to say about them all, which makes me feel, as I've felt before, that the less comfortable you are with the topic, the more pressing it probably is that we should do it. Oh, okay. (laughs) Well, sometimes because we're like pastors. Yeah. I I know we deal with an issue like money. Yeah. Like, I think we, I I feel a sense that I need to open my Bible and start reading scripture and explain sort of every little detail about things and get people on. But that's not what this podcast is. Right. I have to remember it's not the Bible answer man We're not the Bible answer man. We're just talking. Yeah. So, anyway. And pastors do that. And they don't always pull their Bibles out and and give a perfect exposition. Right. So you won't get one of those today. No, you won't. But you'll get, I think, our heart. And then you'll get a little, at the end, a little red for Ed. A little red for Ed. One, one and more money. Time. <laughs> yeah. Together. Red for Ed and money. <laughs> hey, thanks for joining us. Enjoy the podcast. This is what? Is, what are we doing? Uh, this is a this is a podcast called Faith Over Breakfast, in which I eat breakfast and you drink tea. herbal tea. Herbal tea. Yeah. Um, we're two two pastors in Tucson, Arizona, who are getting a little older. I had to get a full skin survey yesterday. A full skin which survey means somebody tells you to take your clothes off and looks at you. Just look at you. Look for any irregularities so that's fun you're drinking herbal tea you're making weird faces at me (laughs) like that's crazy but so you're like butt naked uh underwear underwear okay and they gave me like a sheet actually my wife and i went at the same time does she get a full body yeah she no she got the full robe they gave me like a four foot by five foot just sheet i was like what do i do with this so i just kind of sat in a chair with it on top of me Wow, full full body scan. Full body scan. Nice. They lanced one little dot off of my thigh. It's been there for a long time, but that's gone. Huh. Yeah. Anyway. Well, that sounds interesting. Faith over breakfast with yeah. Andy and Eric. You thought, you thought last time, the last intro was good. This one's way better. This is the best intro ever. Yeah. I love it. And we're at top of EXO Coffee. And you're going to be gone. I'm going to be gone. And so we're going to have some guest podcasting, and you're also going to record some stuff while you're gone, because you're yeah. writing a book yeah. about your father, Yeah, my, and you're my doing dad and people like him. on a little journey, too, all That's at the same good. time. Yeah. I think it's sort of a, it's a way of kind of honoring and mourning and just reflecting on your father. Yeah. And writing a cool book all at the same time. Yeah. I mean, I think it'll be cool. And that—that's. I'm actually really looking forward to that because it's—it uh, helps me sometimes to like have have goals 
like if I'm if I'm going to grieve or if I'm going to like dig into something a spiritual thing, it doesn't. It's not probably a good idea for me to just wake up and have the day off. Um, I, having some some sort of goals, do something, do something. Yeah. Um, so I think it's going to be it's going to be good to have that, but there will be a lot of space to just take walks and yeah, it'll be very different. You're going to be what gone for to. what, two weeks or three weeks? I'm going to be gone for three, but two weeks in, in Oregon, and then one week my wife and I are doing a retreat afterward. Okay. Together. So. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I was going to say, man, I, I would really miss my wife. Yeah. And kids. Yeah. If that was like a couple of days alone for me, and then I'm like, mm. <clears throat> Yeah. No, I, I, I will miss them too. I'm actually, like, I am, like, I'm good being alone. I think I was an only child. Like, that's... Sure. That doesn't terrify me or whatever. But um, but I have no doubt that, you know, even, even, like, my wife was gone, like, one night recently, and it was just like, oh, it's, it's weird around here. It's yeah. different. It's yeah, different. At I, least you won't be like this. at home. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's, that's the burden that your wife has to bear for two weeks. I bet it'll be harder for her, because, yeah, it's all the familiar surroundings. I'll be... Seeing new things, and yeah, yeah. But anyway, we're up in the loft, lofted EXO. Yeah, I just took the first bite of my sandwich. Expect many more, many more bites, bites, more mouthfuls, more but, Eric pushing the mic towards no, you because I'm louder than you. Stop it! Uh, but at least I have the Probably red my dot. Space. I have the red dot. You have the red dot so in your face. We've got compromise. Very agitating. It is. So I had a question about uh, the bumper music. Village or at the the Faith of a Breakfast, so somebody wanted to know Wait, who it was. The bumper music. Yeah, we have bumper music, right? So there's this bumper music that came on before us, and then when we pause, it goes. That's what you call that? Yeah, that's what it's supposedly called. But it's it's uh, just a, a jam band with like they're called the flashbacks, and they mm. just it was caught one of their jams, and so I just started using it and. Mm-hmm. Figured we should be consistent, and we talked about making all these cool sounds and doing all this stuff. But we're pastors. We're not. We don't have time for that. And our life, and, and you know, when we 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 will we will be more professional when there's a hundred listeners. That's when we, when we get to a hundred regular we'll, listeners. We'll step it up a notch. We'll step it up a notch. So, so that's it's really our up, promise so it's really up to, to our you. listeners. It's really up to the listeners to. Uh, what, promote promote this and, and to upgrade us yeah, upgrade to, us yeah we need to be upgraded and to uh, force your relatives to listen yes and all that yeah um yeah folks in Japan shared around yeah maybe they could send us some cool music hmm you know who's been making some cool music is Mike at our church he's been he and his wife. Yeah, I saw one of his videos. Did you see? They're, so they're like going out and doing sounds like at thrift stores yes. and downtown. And, and recording and it recording. on their little yeah. uh, iPhones. Pretty cool. Yeah, he, he reminds me so much of my little brother. It's a little really? weird. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, when I, my little brother was, uh, let's see, he was in seventh grade. Hmm. He, they have a big, like, uh, Shakespeare festival at his school mm-hmm. and so he made he wrote songs all based on sonnets mm. and things like that and this is the day when there's no recording equipment we had a dual tape player yep. you know where you could, it had two mic 
entrances. And so he brought staplers and paper and wow. his ukulele and a bunch of his friends. And they all piled into one of my spare rooms. And we did this crazy album. Like, And he made a tape. And then he did the whole album cover for it. And he sold like a hundred of them. Wow. And I'm trying to find it. And we have like, we don't, it's called Wes and the Fox. Mm hmm. Like mop with an M. Mm hmm. Oh. Yeah, and it has, you know. I'll look out for that. Yeah. Have you been to PDQ? Yeah. I should go look at PDQ. My parents supposedly had a copy of it, but I want to digitize it mm-hmm. and, you know, remaster it for him. But. Oh, you got to do that. I can't find it. So, if you are listening and you have a copy, you would have gone to Desert Christian somewhere in the late 90s. Desert Christian early two thousands. You would know Wes Seepin, and uh, you can get us that. Take yeah, it. and if you do that, we'll give you a, a reward. We'll give you some kind of reward. So we have the, we have three people that bought the the perk for my book campaign to be a guest host on Faith Over Breakfast. You're kidding me? I'm not. That was the, probably the best selling perk. <laughs> <laughs> I added it later after our, our little conversation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm trying to think of any other than buying the book. I mean. I don't. I think it was the best. That selling. was the perk. Hey, well, the faith of a breakfast. Right. So, who yeah. are they? People? Who are these people? Uh, Ray from our church. He's oh, yeah, on talk Ray. radio, yeah. so that's so he knows what he's doing. Yeah. Um, and then Brian, our host, who wants to probably Skype in from across the world or something okay. like that. And uh, we got the technology to do that, but we, yeah. Well, we, our, what our, we can do is we can just put him on a phone, and it'll sound really bad. Yeah, that's good. Or we can figure that out. Yeah, they have things. That there's you ways. Can do that. There's ways to do and, that. You know, now that we're Brian probably about knows it, how to do somebody it. Somebody will tell us. Somebody will tell. Somebody is going to be like, "You guys really need help." Yes. Oh, you no. don't even know how to do that. We don't want help. I know. Right. We don't really don't. No. We we, we just want to talk to each other. Pastors in, in general don't want your help. No. We are here to help you. <laughs> well, this is going bad. <laughs> so. Before we just, you know, completely derail, there there was one other person, Brian. And uh, then, oh, and then Rod. Oh, Rod. Uh-huh. So, so, he, so two people who've been hosts on the show paid to re-enter into their position. They want to do it again. They're like paid positions now. Which means but We got paid to have them, or you did. It means it can't be that bad to be on this podcast. No, it can't. If two people who've done it want to come back. Yes. Mm-hmm. It's and, fun. And Rod's... We're fun people. I think so. I think Rod Rod deserves a second go because the recording at Bisbee Breakfast Club was so rough. It, it was rough, but it wasn't as bad as the hospital one. Oh, that one was worse. I got that, a that lot was, of... Why did those people sit down next to us? I got a lot of comments about how interesting it was to try to figure out what the conversation was behind us and not listening to us. Uh, I had a... There was a moment where I wanted to go over to them and say, hey, um, we're recording a podcast. But then I was like, we're in their territory. We're in their territory. <laughs> <laughs> Can't really do that. Yeah. But it's fine. That's that's the whole point of this podcast, mm-hmm. is that it does have... It's not meant to be polished and it's sharp. It's not perfect. It's meant to just sort of be us. You get to like listen in. And you know when you're in a restaurant and you're listening to somebody else's conversation and you're trying oh. to figure out what's going on? I do it all the time. That's, that's what, why we need to be up here in the loft so I yeah. can actually listen to you. Yeah. That's what this is all about, mm-hmm. is you kind of listening in and trying to figure out, mm-hmm. you know, what we're talking about. We don't need to I be... I wonder if we violate any HIPAA stuff, like if there's any confidential patient information. 
Yeah, well, they shouldn't have been talking about it mm-hmm. if there was. That's all I gotta say. I was gonna, I was gonna take a look since you were talking about the old podcast. Rod, even though Rod's was so bad, you said like or just wasn't his. I think is one of the uh, more listened to. Yeah, I have a top most in popular one still worship worship music music is number one now I want to know just what's the worst what's the worst one worst podcast what's the one that the least people seem interested in I don't know if I can actually pick it up on this on my phone app I can do it on the computer but the phone app seems limited as to what it's going to tell me Um, I do have to say that like we had this spike in listenership Mm -hmm. and then we're back down kind of dipped down into our average you know, listeners about you know, each podcast average is about forty-seven to fifty listens. So cool. we've got about fifty listeners. Thanks, fifty people. Fifty That's people. Cool. Anyway, now one piece of feedback we're going to hear if we're not careful is that we don't get to the point. I've never heard that. We're pointless. Oh yeah, here we are. Anyway, Eleven minutes in. Let's do this. So you want to talk about money? Yeah. And uh, so let's let's talk about that. Tell me what you were thinking. Well, so I wasn't thinking. Yeah, that's, um, that's usually the problem. That is the problem. No, I um, yeah, sat, you know, had a a meeting with a with a client for my other job, the um, business that I own, and he um, owns restaurants and stuff like that. So he's that's his world, and um, he was kind of asking questions about Midtown Artisans, our company. is like, so, you know, how long have you been around? Why did it start? Uh, well, it started because um, I started a church with eight people and I needed to make some money. And he's like, oh, really? You know, and this is not the typical thing. <laughs> and, um, he, and he's like, oh, is that right? You know, um, you know and, um, and so then, you know, he's, he's asking about the business and so on and, and then it grew and then my buddy Sean and I collaborated and all that and then he's like so you know is the business making you quite a bit of money now and I was like um yeah some you know decent a little bit but um but I spend a lot more time at the church now these days and he's like oh you know kind of like oh so the church like actually worked like in a way it was like like so there's the church is still a thing yeah he's like oh where is it and and then his wife actually was like, oh, it's, you know, it's just right down the street. They've got this new building. And he's like, oh, okay, whose building is that? Oh, we bought it. You bought it. You know, and he was like, how do you, how does a church make money? <laughs> so that that's where it, like, you can tell he was just like, what? Like, and it, you know, it's a great question. Like, if you're not, if these aren't your, if this isn't your world, if you're not in this, I mean, I... My wife and I went out for uh, Thai food, and there were, like, these pictures of the temples, and, you know, I'm like, wow, that's a lot of money. Yeah. You know, like, this is... To build a temple. To build a temple. And so, you know, these are very valid, valid questions. And so I was kind of like, well, um, and his wife actually kind of interjected. She's like, well, you know, people give to the church. He's like, they just give you money? I was like, well, yeah, you know. And then he was like... Do you know anything about Joel Osteen? He just throws that, and I said, "Yeah." <laughs> and so he's like, "Is it? Are, how do you feel about that?" And I said, "Not, not good. So that, that's 
I'm uncomfortable with Joel Osteen, honestly. And he's like, okay. He's like, me too. He's like, so, so how do you get the money? You know? And I was like, well, we, we just have a little box in the back that we briefly mentioned at the end of the service. Giving is in the back. I think that's our statement. Giving is in the back. That's what we say. And he's like, okay, so this isn't like a big push for money. I was like, no, actually not at all. And, but people still, they give money to the church. Yeah. And you can tell his gears are just turned in. He's like, he's like, interesting. Yeah. So, I don't know. I was trying to imagine that, like thinking about that outside of being used to it. Right. But if you don't grow up in it, you don't really understand how churches survive, where they get their money, and, or you get the sense that there's a strong manipulative force. Uh-huh. Um, that's, right. Because why else would you? Yeah, why else would you? Yeah. Like, there's like some promise of blessing mm-hmm. and promise of, you know, extended wealth for yourself if you give, right. give money. So, how does a village get money? How does a village <laughs> give money? Yeah. We have a massive bookstore in the front, and that sorts it is, everything. It is massive. <laughs> uh, you guys, people buy those books? They make a donation. Yeah. Our books are free. Yeah. Yeah. We, Ours are not. Our waters are free. Somebody was like, where do I pay for water? Like, you don't. Right. Uh, you know people are going, how does this place exist? How does it exist? Well, I mean... Obviously, we could walk through the different concepts within the Old Testament, right? And the twenty-three percent or so, or whatever it comes out to, that you're called to give. Um, to explain that the Go different ahead. things, but but I think I think the real you know idea is that when you have a priest. Like so, so the idea is that when you're in a city, in Jewish, uh, if there are ten men, you know, you can put together a synagogue. Testing, 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 testing. One, two, three. We're recording. Yay! That was weird. Did we like hit a button or something? I don't know. We had some malfunction. I think it's because we were talking about giving. And yeah. the system was breaking down. Yeah, this yeah, this the system the computer system was just like this is too controversial. Too controversial. Delete. Well I was just gonna say that after the you asked how does the village get money? And then you were you and were just explaining something about being a rabbi in a, in a city in a synagogue. I'm just gonna say Okay. So how does the village get money? How does the village get money? I would say that every Sunday we say that the one of the ways that you respond to the scripture being spoken over you is to give your tithes and offerings. And then I say if you're visiting, you don't need to give anything. But the reason that we give is so that your pastors can be paid, so that the lights can be on in the building, and so that the mission of the church, bringing the gospel to people who haven't heard it, can move forward. Yeah. And that's what I say about giving, and then people give. And, and the village, on average, from where I can figure, gives 8 to 9% of its income to wow. as a whole. That's amazing. So. Our, I, would, I don't... I don't think that could be. I mean, our, I think our church is is generous, um, and but I don't think if you averaged it out, that would be the case. Um, actually, I, yeah, I know that. Um, 
And so, and then I was, I think I shared uh, after we got cut off that, like, we, or maybe it was before, but we don't, um, we don't, we hardly mention it, giving. And so that's, and that's been a debate. Like, we actually do, before we did our merger, I didn't, there was a giving box, but I did not talk about it at all. Um, the only time we talked about it was in members' meetings. We would say, hey, here's our, like, for people who are, like, committed, like, this is my church, I would say, here's our financial situation, here are our needs. Um, but outside of that, during, like, worship, didn't talk about it. Right. Um, and then after the merger, there was, like, there was some good discussion about, like, you know, don't, don't you want to... People need to be taught about giving. And so we added in a little, like... Giving is in the back, like a just a brief, like it's it's mentioned, right? And then we talk about it in members' meetings, right? Um, but basically, like in members' meetings, it's it's that it's like, hey, like here's the things our church does, and back by that giving box, there's a breakdown of here's where all the money goes, right? We've got this whole like you can see like here's how much people get paid, here's how much um, our bills are, here's the money that we give to others. Um, so we try to be just super transparent, and we we were, I mean, in in the discussion behind the scenes, we were saying, and, and I've I've always had a thing with like churches who you don't know where the money goes, or or the conception in the community that church's goal is to get money from people. Right. That's why, um, and and I, I I mean I know that's. I know that's the perception because I mean I was told when I was thinking about becoming a pastor a couple times people outside of the church said you know that's a really great career field because people give to churches when the economy's low because they feel the need for spiritual care and I was like like that was pain like when I heard yeah. that I was just like ugh this is a thought process yeah well and, and then the other thing though is like that's such a lie at least my experience <laughs> is that there are a lot of pastors who are struggling to keep their head above water. Yeah. Even in churches that seem to have a lot of people in there. Right. Absolutely. There's very, like, I mean, we consider, like, the average pay of pastors in Tucson, because I actually, we, because we're on a payroll service that averages out what is paid in Tucson. It's the same as, almost as where teachers are at. Right. And that's, and, and what... A going principle is that, and that was an unintentional pun, but a going principle is that a pastor should be paid more like what a principal would be paid, like what a, a, an administrator, like a high, like a, a leader of a school. Like that's the comparable position in in the culture. Yes. It would be because a, a pastor is not just a teacher who shows up and... Right. Um, te- I mean, that's not an insult to teachers. <laughs> want to be careful. I do not want a teacher's job, by the way. No, so. I don't either. But I'm, but I'm saying like it involves leading a team, and yeah. it involves you know ha- like watching it typically like watching out for the whole organization. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Well, and, and, and um, we're still recording. Good, we're still recording. But in scripture, like it talks about elders being wor- worthy of double honor. Right. Well, that word is a financial word, not like a, I give you double honor. Like you get more, you get the best seat. It's no, 
Like, you get double what everybody's making, like what the average is. Double honor. Interesting. And I, I think if you stood up at, at Mission Church and said, look, like, I deserve double honor. <laughs> Nick does. Like, the elders need to be paid. Like, this is weak. We should be. People are like, no, no, that's not probably a good idea. But there's a sense that right. that the position of a, of a, a priest, an elder in the church, is actually a very... It's not something you take lightly, and yeah. it's something that um, you're expecting that person to put in a lot of time into the care of the people and to the encouragement of the mission and into, you know... Yeah, and in any other field, I mean, everyone would understand that that would need to be compensated. Yeah. Um, and I think, like, outside of... People outside of the church would probably, I think, look at that and go, yeah, sure, you need to be compensated for your work. Like, no problem. I get that. You know, but it's... I think they're probably still just trying to figure out, like, so people show up here once a week. Right. I mean, and that's, I think, the perception is, yes. like, people show up here once a week, and you talk for a little bit, and, you know, I think they could understand, like, buying a ticket. Like, right. oh, I go hear somebody talk. I pay 20 bucks. Right. But, like, the fact that... You know, people would give enough money to purchase a building yeah. and a property yeah. to come and hear you talk and hear a couple songs strummed on a guitar. I mean, that's that's a little wild. And but of course, what we know and what we're saying is that's not right. what we consider the well, ministry. I to think be. you say, you think that's I think it's funny because I like in church there are all these analytics and I'm like why is anybody listening to two pastors talk about analytics and giving but anyway I don't know why, does, they, why do they listen to anything we but say they uh, what they say like to know if your church is healthy and giving uh-huh. it is 20 bucks I just thought it was funny 20 bucks a person including the children interesting so that's like your giving every week should be at 20 bucks a person who's Who's saying this? Who's doing this? Well, these are like Lifeway, oh, you yeah. know, those guys, the sure. people who do those kinds of things. Just how do you maintain a church? Like, what what will keep a church at its, oh, like you know, pay for its building, sure. pay for its staff, pay for, you know, bills and things like that. that that's where it's about. Okay. This is interesting stuff. And now, like, I mean, what you were saying earlier, like, the I, was, I try to think about, like, what motivates me to give. So... If I were to hear that, if somebody were just to say to me, hey, look, um, we need to pay the staff and we need to pay for the lights, I mean, I could very easily kind of in a consumer mindset look and go, um, I mean, I'm imagining people in our church looking at me and going, you know, Andy's there if I need him. You know, if I, if I ask him to go to lunch with me and talk, he will. Um, and if I need counseling, he's up for that. But if I don't ask, it won't happen. Um, and... You know, I come two, three times a month, and he talks some of those times. Other times, it's this guy Nick, and uh, then there's there's some music, which is cool, and that's great. And and they give me some food, that's nice. Um, But you know, this is optional for me. I don't need to go. I don't need. Why do I need to pay to keep this thing alive? Like, I can imagine myself thinking through that and going, like, they don't need my money. That's not a big deal. Um, but on the flip side, the way that, that I've come to view it is more the way you were talking about earlier, like where it's, it's, you know, if everything that I've been given is a gift from God, if everything's like God is the owner of all things and everything that I have is a gift 
I mean, even everything I work for, because the fact that my body still works, which is, you know, could change apparently any time now, um, you know, I might have to start drinking herbal tea and my joints hurt, you know, so who knows how long I can be productive. But right now my productivity is a gift and every, you know, the fact that I can, my mind has ideas and that's a gift. And so the, the money that I get back from that, you know, belongs to the giver and, and I, I would like to honor him with it. Then the question is, how do you, what, what would that look like? What would that honor look like? And, um, if, and if the most important thing is that he wants other people to know that he is a giver and that he is a God of grace and that there's this, this offer of himself given freely, then I would want to, I would want to use God's money to see that that message is shared in the community that I'm in, yeah. that I love. And so the, the giving, it, I mean, for my wife and I, it's just, it's just a regular thing that feels like just totally appropriate to what God's done. But I, but I can imagine not seeing it that way and not understanding that yeah. at all, you yeah. know? Well, and I think, I mean, I think it's hard when you're talking about insiders and outsiders, those kinds of things. But um, I really believe that I am part of a new kingdom. Yeah. And I am part of announcing that kingdom in a world that is crumbling and right. announcing that the enemy has died and actually they're not died but has been defeated and there will be an end and the new yes. is coming and it is can be revealed it's revealed in the church right and um, of all its shapes and sizes and so for me like like the village for instance and I give my money to the village I give my money to some other places too but I give my money to the village because I think this is the place locally where I with a group of people are announcing the coming of the king and the healing of the city and I don't like I don't think there's anything else there's no there's nothing else in life but that yeah like this is the most important it is thing the most, in life. even if it, right. even with all its warts, its messiness, its inadequacies, like this is it. And I yeah. think it's the light pushing into the darkness, and that's where putting my money behind. Right. Like that's where putting my time behind. That's where putting everything behind. And I think with giving and being a pastor, like that's a big part of discipleship. Yeah. Because oh, yeah. where you put your money is what you believe in. Yes. I mean, you can if you sit down with someone and you see like if they save a whole bunch of money, then then there's a certain value system they have, and they believe something so important. What if they have huge amounts of electronics and yeah. put their money behind that? That's where what they think is valuable. I, I like, think I heard somebody say and it made so much sense. Was you know if you sit down and look at your budget where your money goes, and there you will find both. I mean, your what you love and what you don't love like you you will see it clearly right. um and that's so yeah like i get excited about giving which i didn't used to yeah like i i did was a little suspicious and i want to control over my money i don't like i didn't like giving my money and not like being able to say how each penny is going to be spent yeah um and just giving it arbitrarily to something and but I believe in the mission, and yeah. I believe that I have to trust people with it. Yeah. And, 
you know, it takes money to make the world go round. And and I want I want to take care of my pastor when I you know yeah. I, I want to make sure he his kids you know are not struggling just because he's choosing to serve us right. you know so those are important things in my early discipleship of being people now were you for me. were you ever in a situation which so this guy had brought up Joel Osteen were you ever in a situation where you looked at the pastor in your context and said I think the amount of money he gets and this church gets is disproportionate never in a church that I've actually attended yeah yeah Yeah, that's and that's I think where things can get difficult because some people I think that the reactions vary because a person could see a pastor and a church that have way more than that I remember actually um President Obama's church in Chicago is one that I, I visited, and his pastor, Jeremiah Wright, who was in the news, um, I interviewed when I lived in Chicago. And I remember, li- you know, I'm living on the south side of Chicago. I'm there all the time. I see the poverty. And we go to the case study to Reverend Jeremiah Wright's church. And it's this elaborate, beautiful facility. There's this covered parking spot with a, an incredible jag sitting in it. And it's got his name on the license plate, you know? And uh, and I remember, this is not my church, this is not my community, but I just remember feeling like, this is wrong. Like, the people, the people of this community can't, like, this church stands out like a sore thumb this car stands out like a sore thumb yes. like it's this is what like the drug dealers have that kind of car yeah um and but I think a lot of the people there were looking and saying God has prospered this man that's what I want mm-hmm. so they didn't see that as a problem right um or like then there's other situations in which I've seen where it's like the one time the pastor got a new car and I remember, like, there's just a lot of grumbling about the kind of car that he got. And it turned out that he had a friend at the dealership who said, you get a free lease. You could pick this car, this car, this car. And his daughter thought one was really cool, and he went with it. Nobody knew that. so Or very few people knew right. that. And when you hear that, you go, oh, okay, well, big deal. But, um, like, this is this guy's way of giving, you know, and taking care of his pastor. But I, but then that that's the flip side of that of saying like I don't know I don't know if it's fair and I, I've I've wrestled with it I've seen people wrestle with it. Um, well, and I think that happens as your church expands. Right. When and the more inaccessible the the, the elders when you the don't know staff, them and their situation yeah. right. And and I think that that's one of the bigger problems with large churches is be, you yeah. you move into celebrity. Yeah. And I understand that people have charisma and can gather many people. Um, but there has to be a way for it's, it's just it's one of the, the troubles with the larger church, and right? And we we're advocates of small church. We haven't yes. talked about that for a little while, but but that, there is like an interesting situation was with uh, my mom's decided to sell her car, and so she and my dad had picked up a, a Lexus used, I don't know, four or five years ago, and uh, but they kept it in really nice shape, and so I had the conversation with my wife of like. Should we sell it or keep it and sell our car? Like, which one, What? which should we do? And my wife is like, I feel really uncomfortable driving that Lexus, you know? 
and and I actually I totally understood where she was coming from. I was like, yeah, I probably do too. Um, but then a, a friend at the church was like, that's silly. Like it's like it's your parents' car that's paid off. That it's, it'd be a great vehicle for you guys, you know. Um, but it's like, yeah, but I, we just don't want to. We don't want to come across that way. But the thing in our church is like. I think most people if, would would know, like, or could easily ask. And if they would say, "Hey, wow, how'd you get that car?" Well, it, this was my mom's, you know. And she right. decided or, not to or drive. Or it would go around really quick. It would go around. Oh, did you right. see Andy's new car? This is mom's. It's really cool. You know, yeah. And that story would just quickly pass through. And people would be like, "People in your church." Yeah, and they'd be like, "Oh, that makes sense." It's not yeah. like, you know, oh, Andy's pulling from the from the offering box, you know, or something. Sure. But yeah, in a small church, that sort of, or if, you know, or if it was like we went out and got a $40,000 loan, somebody could go, ooh. Yeah, I mean, you're, you know, is that, how'd you, how'd you come up with that? How'd you make that decision? You know, because that would be a really, that would be a bad financial choice for us. Yeah, no, there's a lot of, I mean, money is a, money is a, it's a hard thing, you know, having a lot of it makes certain things easy but causes it, a whole other set it of problems it is man I, and I've thought about it, friends it's stressful and, and produces anxiety I've thought yeah I've thought about friends that have a lot of money and I used to just figure that would be the best but then it's like no there's so like where are you going to put it and the fact that everybody wants some mm-hmm. and uh, yeah. that, that responsibility you feel yeah. and the tensions you yeah. feel yeah that's no joke yeah so this is, I mean, I don't know if we answered the question about giving or whatever, but uh, I want to transition. I'm, I'm done, You're done I'm with done talking about money. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's, it's fine. I mean, I think it's a big part of discipleship. I think if you're not giving, you should think about why you're not giving, because what you're saying is this isn't important to me. Yeah, and right. No, and, and just to follow up for, I mean, at our church where we don't, don't talk about it as much, but we talk about it with the members, like, it would be a huge... A huge blessing I mean to like to our church you know that that everyone would would take on that idea of like all of this belongs to God and sure. and that like helping to like further the mission of this church like the the more generous giving man it would just it could be a beautiful thing well, and I, the cool thing is I trust our elders a lot with with the money and that's something that that's exciting to me. I think, um, I think I'm, I care about money. I'm not the greatest money manager on the planet, but when you put me with our other elders, that to me is, I love what happens there. I think there's good, good decisions come out of that group. Cool. Anyway. Well, before we end the podcast, you had a friend who wanted to know. Oh, right. About. Well, so, so you hear this question. Red, yeah. I think it's actually a good question, and maybe we can continue in another podcast, but maybe we can we kind have, of tease it out a little bit here. We have, we have five, ten minutes here. Five, ten minutes to tease it so, out. So, yeah, my buddy at church. So we talked about education last week. He hadn't heard that yet, but he was he was thinking, and this this is still money, Eric. Yeah, it's always money. It's still money, man. So um, his thing was, is it okay like civil disobedience I think he was saying okay I've wrapped my mind around it's okay to disobey the government if you're obeying God but is it okay to disobey the government to try to get more money for yourself <laughs> Eric Seepin <clears throat> yes or no 
Well, it's not the sadly, right way to ask a question. Obviously, it's not. It's it's a lot. Uh, <laughs> I know. It's it's a murky thing. Yeah. But I think what's what's interesting to me is that we live right. We've gone through this thing. We live in a democracy. We do not live. Well, we live in a republic, but we live in a democracy of sorts, and we do not live with a king or a right. dictator. So we have a different set of issues. Yeah. We actually have a vote. In some senses, we're a king unto ourselves. We're a ruler unto ourselves, yep. making it's an interesting system. giving an authority to a representative who then makes laws that we... And then if we're unhappy with what they're doing, right. we have the right to protest. Part of it's obeying, yeah. like obeying sort of the, if, if not the spoke, written law, but the spoken law of our, our country. Yeah. Now, I, I think... But he, he's saying, and actually he clarified this, not legally, do right. we, but it as scripturally, as God's people, do we, is that something that God would Well, people, in, so the way I think about it is, when I try to process these things, and I always push back on it, when I try to process it, I try to process it and how the early church had to try to wrestle with these things. And the early church was made of all different kinds of people. So they had slavery going on. Yep. They had, you know, being members of the, of the Senate and of, of different places and different things that are going to kind of rub up against what the Christian community is doing or at least they're going to offer a different thought and approach or put them in awkward positions when you begin to talk about things. Yeah. And so it seems to me that, like, in the early church, with few exceptions, there is kind of this call to have some form of cognitive dissonance. And we've come to the place where we're uncomfortable with cognitive dissonance. So my answer would be, he has to make a decision for himself because I don't think Scripture says it outright. It doesn't spell Thus it out. saith yeah. the Lord. Sure. So he has to decide and be okay with me thinking something different. Right. And figuring out how to live in community and love and understand my approach and his approach. Yeah. So when it comes to civil disobedience, I think the answer is yes, it was okay for you to go strike to make more money for for a bigger idea too, for to support kids and right. and all that kind of stuff. And no, it was not right for you to do that and you shouldn't have done that. Like I think it's both that I think both are right. And I think that's what makes it so difficult. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and well or another way of saying or maybe a way I would say something like that is to say there are probably right elements to doing it and there are right elements to not doing it and you've got to struggle through that. So like I know that I mean I heard I remember seeing somebody commented that you know they were they were unwilling to strike because they they didn't see like their push for their own pay being worth it to like have kids miss some of this stuff at the end of right. the year. So they were saying to them that the, the priority of having the kids taken care of was greater than the need to, to stand up for this stuff. Right, and then I heard another, oh, well, a lady at our church said, I'm not protesting actually for my own salary. Right. I'm protesting so they'll replace the roof so it doesn't fall in on my kids. Right. And that they'll up yeah. the, the uh, other staff, the, uh, yeah. what do you call it, the support oh, staff the support pay, staff. because they're so underpaid yeah. uh, and there are not enough positions to support us. And so... Yeah, exactly. And, like, both of those, like, there's validity. There are valid reasons you could do either one. Mm-hmm. And, like, what you're saying is the hard part is is to accept that other person mm-hmm. um, and to stay in community with them and trust that, like, they are 
the Spirit is at work in their lives, especially as believers. Right, right. And that even if, what if they're wrong right now and the Spirit reveals that someday? Okay, that's fine. That might be a process that they're that they're on. Right. But um, well, he goes to the eating meat and sacrifice to idols. I mean, that's a serious issue. Oh, if yeah. we just fast forward it right now, and and we were in a situation where there are temples all over the city, and right. the meat is being sacrificed. It's two idols to demonic things and then being sold at Albertsons. Yeah. And some of us are buying it and having, you know, steaks and hamburgers and others right. of us are like, I can't do that. Right. Like, that's a real life issue. Like, that's yeah. not, and it would produce, I can you imagine the arguments and the, oh, it would oh, yeah. be a big time issue in our churches. Oh, sure. And, and Paul comes back and says, like, the Either way, it could work. Yeah. Like if you if you feel you shouldn't do it, you shouldn't do it. And if you feel that there's no problem, that then it's okay, and you, that judgment shouldn't be passed on the other person. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's it's a difficult. There one. are there are issues in scripture, I should say, of clarity that 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 doesn't apply to everything. There no. are there are definitely thus saith the Lord's, and there are definitely patterns, but there are a lot of issues that aren't. Yeah. I mean. Well, like, for instance, you know, I, I think some of those issues, I always call them and talk to people about is issues of conscience. And, and some of us, and I actually say, so, like, I have a weaker conscience in the sense that, like, I don't see a lot of movies. Yeah. Because, and I don't know if conscience is the right word, but, like, I can't do it. I yeah. see it as wrong because it, I, the, yeah. when they have nudity in them right. or violence, it's so it's... Right. It's just, um, it's so troubling to me and leads me down such a dark path that I know it's not safe. Right. Whereas some people can watch that and they find a lot of gospel in it and right. it helps them actually speak into the world and know right. things that I'm like, I'm sorry I didn't see that movie or I don't And it doesn't take them down this, this lustful rabbit trail right. at all. No. Right. And, and we want to just, there's this part of us that wants to just have blanket rules that are like, nobody yes. can see that stuff because right. of how it affects me. Right. That's not, no. not how it works. It's not how it works. And it's, sometimes it's hard for me to not believe that where I am is the right way. Right. And that other people just shouldn't be watching those movies. Right. Uh, more whatever else. Or, you know, drinking. Right. Right. Do you pick your thing in that, right. that area? But. Yeah, absolutely. No, that's, that's, um, that's great. I mean, that's, I think that's a... Uh, that's a good answer to it. I did, I, I, one little piece of feedback I gave to him is I said, you know, equitable pay is definitely a, a, it's a big issue in the scriptures, like in the Old Testament. So it's not like, it's just like a, all fighting for equitable pay is, is selfish game. Like God seems to have a deep concern for it. It seems that the ideal situation would be that the community leaders, like it seems like God's, God's always reprimanding you know, leaders of the community for not advocating for those with lower pay. Right. So well, that, I mean, here's a crazy solution. What if Joel Olstein's church, let's just go back to him, uh-huh. like a ton of money. Yeah. And so they're, they're looking at an education yeah. pay problem. And so they say, you okay, we're going to adopt a few schools and we're going to give raises to all yeah. of the teachers. And that's what I'm talking about. Across the board. 
we're going to step in and we're going to fix something that the government just doesn't seem to want to do. And I, to the best of our ability. That and, and, would and, be if, crazy. and if Joel would do that and sell one of his planes and get it done, my respect level for Big J would go up a little I'd bit. I'd cry. I, it would be beautiful. I, I'd weep. Joel, you listening? Yeah, if, if you hear us, I know you're one of our 50 listeners. You probably are. I'm tearing up now. This is great. You need to do this. All right. Well, thanks for joining us for Faith Over Breakfast. Oh we did end goodness. up talking about money the whole time. The whole time. So, uh, and there's going to have to be some editing. There, yeah, I might play around with this one and do little clips where, like, you start out with some of the great no. statements of Andy. No, 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 no. don't. You can't. You can't clip it. There's just one spot. I'll fix that spot. Put a cool little sound effect in there. Yeah, it was faded out. Here yeah. we're back. We're back in. All right. Thanks for joining us. We're here in the loft, Exo Coffee. The tea was good. The coffee was good. The sandwich was good. It's all good. The loft got quieter over it time, got really which is quiet. which yeah. is the opposite of normal. Yeah. But good to be here. Good to see Eric. It's good to see you. It'll be a while. It will be. I'll be praying for your journey. Thanks, man. Yeah, I'm excited to hear about it and hear some of the podcasts that'll come out of it. Yeah. So. We'll see what happens. All right, so 